Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. So it is 2020, and I've been thinking a lot about 2019. 2019 was a huge year for me. Um, some of the biggest wins of my life, some of the hardest moments, but overall, I, I can honestly say it was the best year I ever had. And I want to look back at 2019 and really take a look at like what I learned some share some of the breakthroughs I had. And I, I've done a lot of self-reflecting on this. And I want to share this with you guys because, you know, my I think my biggest intention in life and purpose is to provide value. I want to walk into every room and leave that room better. I want to leave relationships and human beings better. And I want to leave people with more than they got. And that's going to always be different, but always value. So I want to take a look back and I want to share with you guys what I learned in 2019. And I really want to share or stress that some of this is like really personal. So I really appreciate you listening and giving me the grace to share these personal things in my life. This podcast is, is really like my favorite thing. I, on days that I get to wake up and record and put stuff out and hear from people, it lights up my life. So thank you for listening. Um, it wouldn't exist and it wouldn't continue to exist if people didn't continue to tune in and you didn't continue to share it with people that you know and that you love. So please keep doing that. Um, it literally is the fuel that has me keep going. So I want to start, I want to jump right in. I'm not going to go with the weak lessons and then wait, make you wait till the end to hear the the best one. I'm going to actually jump right in with the, the, uh, the hot, uh, most vulnerable and intense one. So I want to start with relationships. Because last year, uh, this was the area that I was most impacted. So at the end of 2018, I fell in love. Like I really fell in love. Um, when I say that, I knew I, I knew I was in love with her like on the second date. Uh, that might sound crazy, but the more we open ourselves up, the more we open up our hearts, the more we connect with who we truly are, all of a sudden we we really start seeing that love is our actual true nature. And I was doing so much work to put down the roadblocks to love that it enabled me to let myself access the love, the power, the magic, and the spirit of who she truly was. I could only see her as perfect. And it didn't matter what she said or what she did. I just... I had opened my heart up so much that all I could see was was the perfection of who she was at the core, and I loved her right away. But I shouldn't say but. That's not really the right word. See, love isn't about finding it or that perfect person that checks all the boxes. It's really about putting down the walls and the barriers that would allow it to flow in and out. 
And 2019 was a year that I declared I would be all in in relationship. So starting the year and being in love, it was like game on. So what I learned about love last year is it will only truly take you as far as you are willing to go. That all you can give or receive is measured by how much you give or receive yourself. I learned that while I was all in, I actually didn't have the capacity to love without fear. I was afraid. You know, her and I would talk about marriage. We would talk about kids. We would talk about creating a life. We talked about having the most unreasonable love. But for some reason, we didn't move forward. We didn't pull the trigger. We would we we somehow stayed back. And ultimately, in November of 2019, the relationship ended. You know, I believe our job and relationship is to always look at ourselves. Marion Williamson says, even if the other person is 90% of the problem, great, you get to look at 10%. So while I absolutely do not think that she was the problem at all, I choose to look at 100% of how this relationship went from my side of the street. Like as if I'm, like not as if, but I am 100% responsible for the relationship because it's my life. Like who else is gonna be responsible? So when I look at it that way and I'm looking for lessons that I learn and things I can take away, I can see that I wasn't brave enough to love myself to be fully open to love. I wasn't courageous enough to love her with reckless abandon, ignoring reasons or circumstances or doubts or fears. See, showing up simply as love would create a blank slate. That blank slate would not have scuffs or marks from the past. Showing up in pure love would set me free to just love and create something new from love. But I learned looking back that subconsciously I was holding back, not because of her, but because I was afraid. Those little moments of love I reserved punched holes in the fabric of what we had. Those little moments of love, I was too scared to lean in, let doubt peek in. Those little moments of love I grasped onto created cracks in the love and the future we could be creating. While I was all in, while I gave this relationship everything I had, there is always more. See, we aren't cups, like we can't get full. We can't max out love or trust or faith or kindness or compassion. We can expand exponentially. And there was more love for me to give her and more love for me to give myself. See, if I'd loved myself more, I could have loved her more because I wouldn't be holding back from fear of being hurt or heartbroken or maybe even being wrong at times. This was by far the greatest lesson I learned in 2019. Either love or don't. But if you choose to love, like really love, dive all the way in, love fearlessly, love recklessly, love without logic or reason, love unreasonably, love in every moment like it's the last moment that you get to share your love, that will help you create the life and the partnership that you want. And yes, you might fall really hard. Heartbreak and love come together. It's a combo. Can't have one without the other. But think about it. If you're going to fall hard eventually, why not love the love every second of the journey down? So (laughs) 
where do we go from there? Right. That's the, that was the, that was the monumental lesson of 2019. Um, the second big thing I learned in 2019 is to have grace with myself. So I'm going to follow that up, the love lesson with grace, because I even need to do it here. And when I say grace, it's like to be easy, to be gentle, to be kind, whipping myself for not being good enough, for messing up, for failure, for disappointment, wasn't making me any better. It was just also ruining the journey I was on. Also, if I stopped beating myself up, I could use that energy to get back in and give whatever wasn't going well or that I wasn't succeeding at another shot. We spend so much time judging, evaluating, critiquing every little detail of our lives and our performance. And often it's not that constructive. I mean, it's often really judgmental for me anyway. I mean, in my head, I'm pretty, I'm an asshole to myself and, and it's gotten a lot better, but I spent months this year practicing being kind to myself, telling myself I love myself, looking and thinking about all the ways that I'm proud of myself, surrounding myself with people who only show me support, love, and de demand my best, but are willing to love me even when I fall short. I believe the goals I reached, the most money I ever made in a year, in a month, in a day, in a week, doing karaoke and improv for the first time, writing and publishing my first book, creating over a hundred podcasts, creating the best relationship that I've ever had, all come back to the fact that I gave myself some grace. The next lesson I learned in 2019, 2019 had to do with community and partnership. People can be challenging. We let each other down. We drop the ball. We say and do things that we don't mean or don't intend to. Working powerfully with others is a gift and a practice. So in the hospitality world, I think I was pretty good at delegating, at overseeing, and, and really, um, I want to say, like, being in the background and having everything operate and simply supporting from there and leading from there. But as an entrepreneur, I have a lot of work to do. See... I can be really good when I have a partner in something, but it seems like what I noticed is I'm not that great when I have people working under me. I get frustrated things aren't actually getting done. And what I noticed is when things aren't actually getting done, I'm often the cog in the wheel. The lesson here is, is kind of the simplest. Like I have some work to do around letting go, giving up control, but also around setting others up for success in a way that enables them to take the ball and run with it. While I haven't seen the outcome yet, I realize that this challenging area for me is worth its weight in gold. I can take this to my coach. I can do the work I need to do to change it, to have it go different, to create a new rela relationship with entrepreneurship, leading, and delegating. Another big lesson I learned is about enrollment. So I've never really totally got the power of enrollment. And I want to really touch on what enrollment is because it's not something that we talk about in life all the time. Enrollment to me in its simplest form is the idea that I could present somebody with something and get them to see the value in it for themselves, the value in it for me, and maybe even the value in it for others, which would have them jump on board because they see and directly and personally connect to the vision. 
People that marched with Martin Luther King were enrolled in the vision. They, it might've been dangerous to march with him, but they saw something in, in MLK's vision that connected with them personally. They could impact their lives or areas of their lives that mattered to them. And maybe they could see how the vision would also impact the world. That's some badass enrollment. And look, whether we're talking about MLK, Obama, or Trump, or even that man, Bernie Sanders, they're all out there amazing at enrolling people in their vision. It doesn't matter if you agree with their vision or not. They have troves of people who are all about their vision because those people see something for their own lives and for the world. Enrollment is so much more powerful than sales because sales is about showing or convincing people what they want. It can be a powerful tool, but it's limited in nature because you are creating that for them. With enrollment, they are seeing your vision and creating something for themselves, which is that much more powerful. I would say a great salesperson might actually be enrolling people, not selling to them. What I learned about enrollment is when I'm really excited about something, when I really see a vision for something, and it's not about just me benefiting, I can be really enrolling. It's not that I didn't know this about myself, but that I had to realize was I have to let go. I have to surrender to falling all the way in love with a project or an idea. And from that place, I could see so much possibility. From love, possibility is endless. And from the place of endless possibility, enrollment becomes super easy. This is a really uh, cool lesson I learned um, from a, a new friend. Uh, her name is Angel Quintana. And uh, she said to me, everyone's truth is real. Say what? She said, everyone's truth is real. What that means is everyone's perception is the truth and the reality for them. So when you think something is different or wrong, you are right. But so is the other person. You can't see it like them and they can't see it like you. And because we aren't all viewing life like there is a right and wrong, a truth and a lie, a should or a shouldn't, et cetera. But if we held everyone's truth as real for them, then we approached people with compassion and love. We could much more easily meet them where they are. From there, we could understand what is true for them. We can understand why they believe what they believe. We could understand why they cling to their beliefs. We all do this. We, we are so conditioned to be right that there's even a right or a wrong and a right in a wrong way that we can't let go of our truth being the real truth. It's kind of crazy. I recently read a study that showed something like 60% of scientific studies can't be replicated. That means if we did a study that showed a specific result, another set of scientists trying to validate that study wouldn't be able to. That's insane, and that's science. For me, this was a reminder that everyone I work with, everyone I talk to, people I'm angry at, sad about, disappointed with, or whatever, are all doing the best inside of their truth, and their truth is the truth for them. 
it's actually all they are able to see given their vantage point, their past, their experiences, their trauma, or and everything else that has happened to them. Basically, there are 9 billion realities all happening at once, and every single one of them is true. The lesson here is be kind, be gentle, be compassionate, as you have no idea what truth that person is living inside of. So last, I want to leave you with the best practices I created all year for myself and the best books I read. So I'm going to quickly run through the books, and then I'll kind of touch on the practices. So I read Conversations with God for the fifth time in five years. It is by far my favorite book ever. If you haven't read it, please, please, please go read it. Uh, I also hear it's incredible on audio, the way that they were on audible, the way that they record it. Um, and I want to offer you, if you read this book, uh, keep an open mind. It doesn't necessarily have to fit inside of what you believe or don't believe about spirituality. Um, really look for the message not who the messenger is or how it's being conveyed. I often tell people when they tell me they want to read Conversations with God, imagine if the message is coming from the table or a goat or a refrigerator. Look at the message, not where it's coming from. I also loved the book, The Brink by Mark Hunter, who also happens to be my coach. I think it's an excellent book on leadership. I really enjoyed Seth Godin's uh, This Is Marketing and Michael Michael Singer's The Surrender Experiment. And I clearly love the book Fictional Authenticity by some guy named Alex Terranova. It's an excellent read, and it's super inspiring, and everyone should go to Amazon right now and pick up Fictional Authenticity. So now the best practices. The number one thing was about actually checking in on my needs and not slaving away at the gym or yoga every single day, but checking in. What would be the best thing or the best way for me to start my day? Would it be hot yoga? Would it be sleeping a little bit more, walking the dog, the gym, the jacuzzi, a meditation, maybe coffee and a book, but not just running on autopilot from grind and hustle, but choosing consciously which activity on a specific day would support me to get the results that I'm working towards. Another practice I did routinely in relationship was when I got triggered, upset, angry, was to notice and do my best to come back with love to lean in and love more and love harder, but let love lead. This was often extremely challenging, but also rewarding. Saying I'm sorry, saying I love you, hugging instead of walking away, crying and feeling the pain instead of trying to ignore it was an act of leaning in and loving my humanity. Another practice I loved this year was one of the simplest. I wrote, this is gonna be fun on post-its and I put them everywhere in my house. See, often I view lens through a lens, sorry, I view lens, I view life through a lens of that it's challenging and hard, and all the things that I want are gonna be hard. But that sucks, because when you view things like that, that's the attitude you show up with, and then that's the attitude that you create and you bring, and then it becomes that. I want life to be fun. I wanna bring a fun attitude to all that I do. So I put up reminders everywhere so that I had to check in, I had to be with that, I had to practice that. Lastly, I got tons of support. I use the tools I teach, I read the books that anchor me, I called the people who remind me of who I am at my best. I fought for the great year that I had, I fought for the love I lost, 
I fought for the for the wins that didn't happen, the money that wasn't made, the deals that didn't get done. I fought for all of it. And it was all an incredible adventure. Thank you so much for listening. I love doing this podcast. It lights up my week. And I'm so grateful to everyone that listens and shares it with others. And as I said before, my goal is always the same, to create and provide value. I hope you took value away from this episode. And I'll see you soon. And I'll talk to you soon. Remember, you're a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.